I think it will be a, a combination of gold and silver with blockchain. That type of thing would work. I think that there's a lot of evidence that the government's working towards something like that. But at the same time, we still have to get from here to there. We have to destroy the old system. And that's going to be really hard for, I mean, how long have we been in this in this crazy world? Over, uh, what, uh, 1913 when they invented the Fed. This is a long process for fiat money to actually die. And it will die. They are literally printing hundreds of trillions of dollars. This is the end game. They're just not telling people. And every other country is doing that too. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. It's great to have you back. That was my longtime friend, Bix Weir from Road to Ruta. And in this one, we talk about all things silver, Bitcoin, and the post-Bankster golden age, which we'll get to if we don't comply with their lies and their gaslighting. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. Before we start, just a quick word about one of our sponsors. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe and adapting to this turmoil is the key to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance. And right now you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews gold insulates secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now noblegoldinvestments.com it's the gold company i trust hey friends welcome back thank you so much for tuning in at sean from sgt report i'm very happy to have back on the line my longtime friend and a friend of truth it's bix weir from road to ruta We've had a heck of a conversation before officially hitting record, and we're going to get into a lot of that right now. Bix, how are you, man? I'm doing well. We could we could take our discussions pretty much anywhere. We've been in this game so long, we could go anywhere we want with this discussion. Well, you know, one of the things I brought up was a mutual friend of ours who back in the day was silver, all in on silver, and only silver. And the point I was making to you without mentioning his name is that poor guy has been devastated along with the miners, along with the entire sector. And these losses because of Wall Street's manipulation, we're going to get into the weeds here today, guys, on that and a bunch more. But uh, 1992 gold and $23 silver, the manipulation of the precious metals markets has destroyed people financially. These are real losses, Bix, real injuries caused to real people and nobody at J.P. Morgan goes to jail. Meanwhile, Jamie Dimon is proselytizing to that witch, Elizabeth Warren, that if it were up to him, government would kill Bitcoin because they want us on a central bank digital currency. My God, Bix, you want to talk about the fox guarding the hen house? Jamie Dimon? Screw that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. What uh, Three traders, I think, went to jail for J.P. Morgan. Jamie Dimon obviously was the ringmaster along with Blythe Masters. They got off scot-free. But three of the J.P. Morgan traders went to jail for gold, silver, and um, U.S. dollar manipulation. And it, it, it's funny that you bring that up because I just had an hour-long conversation with a guy uh, that runs Metals Focus, which is a, a big uh, silver 
gold analyst type company it used to be GMFS. Um, and they give the numbers to the Silver Institute. And I'm, I'm saying, you know, near the end of the discussion, we, we agreed on a lot, but we didn't agree on a, a lot of other stuff. But and I'm like, well, you know, if we could ever get this manipulation out of the way, he goes, you know, manipulation, everybody talks about that. That's not really happening. And I'm like, excuse me. We had JP Morgan admitting paying the largest fine in commodity history for manipulating the price of gold and silver, $920 million. Three of the, the traders went to jail. How could you say this is not manipulation? I mean, it just, and this this guy, I, I like the guy, but the mainstream is so brainwashed to believe what is coming out of his mouth and, and the, the reports out of the Silver Institute were so brainwashed because there's nobody else out there putting out numbers. Nobody else saying, hey, hey, yes, they're trading, what, uh, 400 million ounces of paper silver every day to rig the price of silver, but everybody's fine with it. No big deal. As Jeffrey Christian say, says just a couple of weeks ago, well, that's just the way these markets work. Well, these markets are bullshit. These markets are a lie, a cheat, and a steal. So, yes, it has hurt so many people, not just investors. Think about the mining towns that have been destroyed. Think about the lives that have been destroyed in wars brought on because they rigged the price of gold and silver and could print fiat money till kingdom come and start any war they want because money's not an issue anymore. This manipulation is so big, is so such a, I don't even know how to describe how the manipulation of gold and silver affects the, the core of humanity. Mm-hmm. Because All of this is about promoting unbacked fiat money. And that's all about lies, cheating, stealing, and literally killing millions, tens, hundreds of millions of people through war. In the, in the past, when wars happened, people couldn't fight them for very long because it, it took real money. It took gold and silver. Since we had fiat, we get, we get to go to war and we don't even call it war. We'll send up a drone to blow people up. This is an insane world with an insane currency system, and that's what gold and silver manipulation is protecting. We need to understand the full, true fair market value, especially of silver, because it is not $23. It should be at least three to one with gold. I think more like one to one with gold. Well, and maybe I'll show that chart that indicates, according to Wall Street, that the market cap for silver is $1.47 trillion. The market cap for gold is $13 trillion. So therefore, that is a nine to one silver to gold ratio, according to Wall Street. And yet we're trading at 80 to one. So more on that in a second, guys. And by the way, I do want to talk more about Jamie Dimon's testimony before Elizabeth Warren and her sham committee. By the way, Elizabeth Warren has just been busted for giving the questions in advance and potential answers to Gary Gensler. This is how criminal the system is, guys. And this guy, Jamie Dimon, who is guilty of money laundering for drug cartels, he's probably up to his eyeballs and covering up for child sex trafficking, too, with the money laundering happening there. He says Bitcoin should be outlawed because it allows for tax evasion and money laundering, etc. Are you kidding me? The criminals aren't using Bitcoin. They're using the U.S. dollar. But I want to start with good news today. Really, really good news, because I think we're hitting a tipping point, Bix. Take a look at this. First of all, Rumble hit with unprecedented cyber attack after posting January 6th security cam footage. I wasn't going to lead with this one because it's not the biggest news, but it does show that there is a free 
platform out there that is not censoring people for the most part. And they're not being allowed to repost the Jan 6 security cam footage, which shows January 6 was a government false flag. But here's the really good news. Elon Musk says he would rather go to prison than restrict free speech on Twitter. It gets better. Elon Musk. Did you hear this, Bix? Elon Musk on with Andrew Tate, Alex Jones, and a roundtable of other people, including Vivek Ramaswamy. And I want you to just listen briefly to what Elon said, because there has been a line drawn in the sand by people like Musk. We're told the world's richest man, which I would debate. I think it's the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all that international cartel money, the banking family money. But let's say he's the richest man on planet Earth. He's picked his side, Bix. Listen to this. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm super pro-human like, for, 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 for team humanity here. And um, I just think we want to make sure that people have a positive view of the future. And, and in, like I think I, I encounter a lot of people who, who have actually very pessimistic conclusions about the future. Um, and and if you say if you if you try to unpack that and say where does that pessimism come from, um, and 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 I think like these are like you know good people like they have, they they have good intentions. I think they 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 think about things can come from is believing that the that 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 there are too many humans on the planet. This is false. Earth can easily sustain far more than the current population. Um, and and but but they've been told this this thing and they've believed it and it is it is false. It is false. And uh, Elon goes on to explain. The Earth could host a population 10 times greater than our current population. He goes on to explain, not only is he not a globalist, he's pro-human and not pro-extinction. Now, in a minute, I want to show one of those pro-extinction people because that guy's losing badly. And it's in no small part to people like Alex Jones and Elon Musk. What do you think, Bix? I've, I've always liked Elon. Um, there, You know, there's light and dark with everybody. I read the book um his biography that was authorized uh, the guy spent like two years with elon and amazing human being i mean he's warped from you know childhood since childhood but at the same time he basically went to nasa and said hey you're spending too much money on these rockets you could do you know the whole thing for a tenth of the price if you make the own your own equipment and stop you know paying the ten thousand dollars for a hammer so the NASA said, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. So he started his own, uh, he started SpaceX and now he's putting up all these rockets and satellites and a huge moneymaker for him. And, and NASA just, they just hire him now because he was able to do it at, for a 10th of the price. That's how much waste we have in government. And you, you read his book. Yes, he is absolutely pro-human. He's done things to piss off the deep state, the pedophiles, you name it, he's done it. Now people say, well, he dressed in a a, a, a devil worshiping costume during this uh, party. I said, okay, you know, what has he done though? What has he done? He has literally done the things we need to do. He's, he has changed the way people think about the deep state, the left, the, the crazy leftist people who control our media and his purchase of, of Twitter, which he calls X now that, that is a game changer just because that's like the, one of the only places out there that is very popular and you can get your voice heard. You know, I, I love like uh bit shoot and rumble and things like that, but it's not as popular as something like Twitter, which gets to you know, almost everybody, you know, it, that has a cell phone. So I, I believe that um, he's doing things to try to save humanity, but he also knows that humanity is on the edge of being destroyed. 
which is which is key. And I I do believe that was the ultimate uh, destination for us. Had like for example, if Hillary won the election, or uh, you know, Biden really be in control today, they would they want the vast majority of people dead. Mm-hmm. And um, Elon is is one of the few people who are standing in the way of that. Yeah. Well, I'll show another person who wants us all dead, too, in just one second, because this creep is losing badly. Thank God. But uh, Alex Jones, say what you want about Alex Jones. So he was on with Andrew Tate, Elon Musk in this roundtable. And Alex Jones has been a man in the arena since I started listening to him in 1998. But I know he started earlier than that. And say what you want about these people, folks. These are real human beings in the arena. They are in the fight for humanity, whether you agree with them or not. Say what you want about Elon and space. Say what you want about AJ and Sandy Hook. I don't care. The point is, these are real men in the fight. Andrew Tate, too. Say what you want about Andrew Tate. If you listen to that entire 30, 40 minute conversation, it's extremely gripping because Alex makes the point. So does Andrew Tate, by the way. Elon, you've put your life at risk. Because you bought Twitter and because you're doing what you're doing, because you're taking this stance for humanity, your life is at risk. And we want you to realize that we know it. And therefore, we think you're a hero. Now, I'm not trying to puff this guy up, OK, because I think, you know, a lot of people say deep state, everybody's deep state, including Trump. But I like to look at the men in the arena and just point out to people, these are real human beings with red blood coursing through their veins. Bix, and I think they're picking a side just out of a sense of self-preservation, if nothing else. I agree. And and they know. See, I, I do think that, that Trump is actually in charge of things or, or the military is in charge of things. And it's not, you know, the show we're being presented through Biden. And, and there's a lot of evidence to that fact. But, you know, if, if this is to all being done so that we wisen up about what could how bad it could be. And um, if it I think we've learned our lesson. I think I think everybody's ready to say, OK, let's get back to something halfway normal um before it gets so far out of control we're lobbing nukes on each other i mean truthfully if you told me that two years ago that we might be having a nuclear exchange with russia and china i would have said oh you're full of shit now it's uh it's one of the possibilities for our future and and i know it's probably what the deep state wants so i'm hoping trump and the military are are really in charge of this thing going forward, because um, if they're not, you can kiss a lot of your friends and family goodbye. Well, that's what we worry about. And we worry about another rigged election here in 2024, which is certainly possible. But it does seem as though Trump has so much support and Biden's support is dwindling by the day that they can't steal it. I don't think they'll be able to commit enough fraud to steal it. That might be wishful thinking on my part. But let me show you this other creep who wants us all dead. Furious Al Gore blasts COP28, saying they're on the verge of complete failure. Quote, the world desperately needs to phase out fossil fuels as quickly as possible. But this obsequious draft reads as if OPEC dictated it word for word. End quote. Thank God. Thank God. Because this eugenicist, along with King Charles and the Committee of 300 and the Club of Rome, want us all dead. And when they say fossil fuels, they mean your affordable energy, your natural gas your coal, your gasoline-powered car. They want it all gone. They want you living as a serf on their plantation in perpetuity. So again, screw Al Gore in this case, Bix. Well, this is is where a lot of the worlds I dive into all converge. Um, COP28 was that UN deep state agenda to, you know, uh, save the planet for the millionth time that the planet is going to collapse, according to them. 
Um, but it's so much bigger because what they have agreed to is tripling green energy. And to do that, the number one thing they're going to use is solar panels. Solar panels are the largest consumer of silver out of all the silver that's mined or recycled every year. Last year was 140 million ounces was consumed in solar panels. This year, it's double that. It'll be 260, 280. Now, I don't know if they'll be reporting that, but they are reporting that 2023 almost doubled the capacity, 413 megawatts. And you you do the calculation based on how much silver is in each cell of a solar panel. And that is what's going to break the back, the back of the gold and silver riggers. Because if they do triple it, that's uh, it'll be six, seven hundred ounces per year for the next six years. And there is no silver available for something like that. But they have already agreed to it and they've already uh, agreed to fund it as well. So it doesn't matter what the price of silver does. The price of silver is not allowed to rise, by the way. So th- this is happening. And I see it as a good thing that they have taken it this far because I don't think we'll ever beat the silver and gold manipulation on the comics, the derivatives market. We can't. It's, it's a click of a mouse for them. We can beat them in the physical consumption of silver. And if they're going to throw 100% of our annual mine supply into growing the solar panels for the next six years, well, okay, because that's surely going to destroy the banking cabal. From your lips to God's ears, you know, I pray to God it destroys the banking cabal because they are guilty of, responsible for, just about all of the hell on earth I can think of. I mean, from just about every war to every engineered economic downturn to poverty. I mean, these guys have so much blood on their hands. It gets back to biblical truths, right? For the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money itself, right? You and I aren't going to cast our silver and gold in the, in the streets in the end of days because we have a love for money. We're trying to protect our families. These people are trying to destroy our families, Bix. Yeah, the... Um... Yeah, that quote is is often misquoted as money is the root of all evil. That is not the quote. The quote is the love of money is the root of all evil. Completely different things. Money has been, um, you know, one day we won't need money. When we invent replicators that you just punch in what you want to eat, drink, and, you know, be clothed with, and it, it the, uh, the replicator spits it out from the atoms it draws from the universe, yeah, then we don't need money. Until then... Money is a great way of barter. The problem is the type of money we use, the things we call as money. A fiat monetary system, you can print unlimited amounts of money. That does not bode well for the value of each dollar you print. Something like gold and silver is a lot better because we kind of have an idea of how much is out there. I think there's a hell of a lot more gold than they're saying, but we kind of have an idea how much is out there and and we can get it into the hands of people. And then you have cryptos, which I, I think... We'll do well after the crash. After the crash of the old system, I think that's the future of cryptos. During the crash, it's gold and silver. But Bitcoin, for example, you know how much Bitcoin there is. There's 21 million that will ever be mined. And that last Bitcoin, last little piece of Bitcoin is going to be mined in 2130 or 2140 or whatever that number is. So you have a, a new invention of a fixed quantity of something that can be used in transactions. That's what we're going to be headed towards. I think it will be a a combination of gold and silver 
with blockchain so that it's very much more convenient for people to wander around the streets and pay for a cup of coffee with a you know hundredth of an ounce of silver that they they have on their their phone depository. That type of thing would work. I think that there's a lot of evidence that the government's working towards something like that. Um, and I'm excited about it. But at the same time, we still have to get from here to there. We have to destroy the old system. And that's going to be really hard for, I mean, how long have we been in this in this crazy world? Over, uh, what, uh, 1913 when they invented the Fed. This is a long process for fiat money to actually die. And it will die. Um, and then we'll have to go to something new. And I, I'm voting towards the Constitution. You know, gold and silver as money. Um, you guys can vote for whatever you want. I think I don't think there'll be any deciders is the key. Uh, I don't think the Treasury will be in place. I don't think the World Economic Forum will be in place. The World Bank, uh, George Soros, they'll all be gone. They'll be lucky to survive a transition like this because they're the ones that screwed it up. So, uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting down to the, the nitty gritty of what you and I have been talking about for Hell, when we did we did our first uh, discussion in 2010, 13 years we've been talking about this stuff, and uh, I think we're closer than we have ever been, and we are literally a whisper away. So God bless those fighting for freedom and the right to use anything as the money of the nation because that's what our founding fathers wanted. They wanted us to use whatever we want as money, and that's why gold and silver were not necessarily put into the um, the Constitution, it had to be added later, and Article 1 says Congress will decide what's money. They can decide gold and silver, absolutely, um, and I think they will. But we can use Bitcoin. We can use barter. We can create a Sean coin and a Bix coin, and those are, should all be legal. Freedom of choice is what we're moving towards. So we'll see what happens in the, the very near future. I think that's a good segue then to uh, what's going on in the silver and gold market. We'll talk a little bit about Bitcoin and the manipulation happening. And when I say manipulation, not so much of Bitcoin, but of the entire crypto sphere because of the Salem witch, Elizabeth Warren, and her sidekick, new buddy, Jamie Dimon. You mentioned 2010, our first conversation. Back then, Bix, the U.S. national debt clock sat at $13 trillion. Today, we're at $34 trillion, and in 2026, we'll be sitting at $41 trillion. So this con game has gone on a lot longer than you and I expected it could, but I guess that is the gift of the world's reserve currency. It's actually allowed all of us to maintain some measure of purchasing power through all of this, whereas Argentina, Venezuela, so many other countries, Zimbabwe, have fallen to absolute hyperinflation. But uh, that brings us to the Salem witch who's cursing Bitcoin. Let me play this from Matthew Cratter over on Twitter, and then we'll talk about it. Elizabeth Warren, as I said, used to be an enemy of the big banks, but increasingly we've, we're seeing her get in bed with the bankers as she did with Jamie Dimon a couple of days ago in his testimony before Congress. And now Warren is again siding with the bankers and rolling out a new act attacking Bitcoin. This is called the Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2023. But don't be fooled by the title. This has nothing to do with stopping money laundering. If the US government really wanted to stop money laundering, it would close its doors because it's the biggest money launderer in the world. 100% fact. Now, here's what's beautiful about the situation in which we find ourselves, Bix. The deciders, the people that want to decide our future and our money, people like Jamie Dimon and Elizabeth Warren, they are, and Al Gore, frankly, and Klaus Schwab, 
and Bill Gates, they're losing the battle for hearts and minds in the town square. They are not winning. And when people see this fabrication, this propaganda, this narrative, this fiction play out in Congress because Elizabeth Warren wants to put on a dog and pony show, it only serves to wake up more people as they see Jamie Dimon, one of the world's richest men, talk about money laundering and Bitcoin. Are you kidding me? But that narrative, right, this anti-human narrative we continue to see parroted by these demon creatures, be they rhinos or demon creatures, demon rats in Washington, D.C., they're more and more hollow every single time these people speak. And the host of Simply Bitcoin, Nico Moran, well, he's got them all figured out, Bix. Listen to this. The anti-Bitcoin senator, Senator Elizabeth Warren of the state of Massachusetts. Uh, now it kind of makes sense why she has been doing this media tour over the last couple of weeks where she's been going on the legacy corporate media and basically calling for the ban of Bitcoin. She also got the largest uh, she also got the CEO of America's largest bank, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, to go on congressional testimony to call for the ban of Bitcoin. Not to mention a couple weeks ago, which I think was the largest attack on Bitcoin, at least in the United States to date, which was they used a fake Wall Street Journal article that claimed that Hamas used, uh, quote unquote, crypto to raise millions of dollars to circumvent KYC and AML and money laundering protections. It was discovered after the fact that that article was blatantly false. It was less than a million dollars that they used. And the vast majority of funding came from the traditional financial system. That didn't stop Elizabeth Warren. That did not stop the U.S. Treasury. That FinCEN proposal is still there, right? So they used a crisis to take away more freedoms. It's really serving to wake up people in droves, I think, Bix. I, I agree, although um, a few things, the the 30, what are we, 32, 33 trillion in debt, that, that's far below what we're actually in debt. Um, they're printing money and not telling you about it. Catherine Austin Fitz has found it. Uh, Skidmore, the Professor Skidmore has found it. We're talking hundreds of trillions. The game, the the all the... Things that we thought used to constrain us, like the budget deficit and all, it's all bullshit. They are literally printing hundreds of trillions of dollars. This is the end game. They're just not telling people. And every other country is doing that too. As far as Jamie Dimon and uh, Elizabeth Warren, Jamie Dimon is the worst trader in the world. Always do the opposite of what he says. For example, uh, I remember uh, five or six years ago, Jamie Dimon said, I will fire any nope. trader that, that I'm going to bring Bitcoin. that up. I'll fire any trader that I catch buying Bitcoin. And who but was the, the biggest th- buyer of Bitcoin that weekend? <laughs> JP Morgan. Yep. Out of out of uh, Europe. Um, I would like to point out that it looks like J- Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan can say all they want about cryptos. They have the largest staff of crypto um, analysts and they're building tools for crypto out of any of the banks. And I hear they're a over 50% control of Digital Currency Group, which is the largest holder of cryptos on the planet. So Jamie Dimon can say all he wants in front of Congress. We know what he's doing behind the scenes. He just wants to get it all into his hands so that he can, you know, J- Jamie Dimon and uh, JP Morgan can be the ones calling the shot in the future. Um, I think it's, Digital Currency Group is a group of deep staters that got together in the early days and literally bought up almost every cryptocurrency as much as they can. They're, they were the largest holder of cryptos. And I, from what I hear, Jamie Dimon, through a couple shell corporations, JP Morgan owns the vast majority of digital currency group. 
So yeah, it, Jamie Dimon, every time he opens his mouth, he lies. Liz Warren, for example, you know, she's a congressman. I'm hearing she has tens of millions of dollars now. Mm-hmm. How does a congressperson who makes, you know, 250 grand a year make tens of millions of dollars and, and 10 has 10 houses around? I mean, it might be bullshit that what is being said, but I don't see any way that she can you know, gravitate that kind of money towards her other than doing stuff like Joe Biden did. Just when you thought it was safe, interest rates spiked and new threats have come out of nowhere. Tensions are boiling from Asia to Europe and adapting to this turmoil is the key to safeguarding your wealth. Perhaps you've not considered gold before, but now is the time. It's insurance. And right now you need some insurance. Noble Gold Investments has been protecting investors from disaster for years with precious metals. So if you're worried, it might be time to take a fresh look at gold and silver. Gold is a multi-century proven safe haven to shield your portfolio. And right now, Noble Gold Investments is offering a free three-ounce silver American virtue coin with its new IRAs this month. If you open your Noble Gold Investments IRA or 401k rollover right now, you can claim your coin today. Remember, crisis brews, gold insulates. Secure yourself and your portfolio against the threats. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com right now. noblegoldinvestments.com. It's the gold company I trust. Other than doing stuff like Joe Biden did. Well, look at the Pelosi's. The Pelosi's are worth tens of millions of dollars and they're constantly insider trading. So, I mean, the grift and the graft is on within our own Congress and Senate. And these people are all hypocrites. That's the point. See, if I think there's anything that wakes up the regular Joe to all of this criminality, it's the hypocrisy. It's hard to hide the hypocrisy. They can say whatever they want to say officially on the record at a congressional hearing, but then their actions really tell the truth about who they are. And they're all hypocrites. Absolutely. 100 percent. And that's why we do this. That's why we fight the fight, because we have to have opposing viewpoints of of these people who control the media, control our banks, control our government, control our schools. There's enough people now fighting back that well, we're going to win. You know, the right is on our side. It's just a matter of how much bullshit we have to continue to soak up through the the media. And, you know, I don't think we're, we're going to have an election. I I don't see any way that we can really that's scary because if they do that, then it is truly, truly a banana Republic. I've been saying we live in a banana Republic under banana Joe, the dictator in chief who was installed in a coup after 2020. We now live in banana Joe's banana Republic. If there's no election, then that's not hyperbole at all. We are officially in a fallen Republic, which is now a banana Republic in the hands of totalitarians. Biggs. Well, well, I don't think, I don't think the current administration would stay in power. What I'm, when I say, I don't think there'll be an election is I think the system's going to fall apart long before we even get to that far. Hmm. Uh, I, the, everybody knows Trump knew that the election system was rigged. Everybody's known it for decades and, but nobody ever wanted to change it because they thought they could rig it better than the next person. The reality is we have a banking system that that condones lying, cheating, and stealing. I believe that is going to collapse in the next you know, before the next election. So between now and say June, July timeframe, and in that situation, you have no more money. You have no more. You know, one of these big banks, too big to fail banks, collapses, and they're all gone. All pension funds are gone. All stocks are gone. Bonds are gone. Any third party asset you hold 
will be gone. And the Fed, you know, the very early days of when I was looking at the road to Ruta stuff at the Fed, exactly what they were saying. How are we going to reallocate money to people after the monetary system crashes? They knew it's coming. It's not like this is going to be a surprise to anybody, you know, in at the top upper echelons of the Fed or the Treasury. The question is, what do you do after it? And who who will have the the moral authority to choose which system we have? I don't think they will be able to. And the Fed, Boston doesn't think so either because the, the teacher's guide to the road to Ruta stuff has 60 questions that are completely unanswered. What will you use, use as money? If we use gold as money, who will mine the uh, gold out of the ground? Is it private? Is it public? Is it run by the government forever? And and will you be allowed to export gold and silver if the whole world goes on to it? This is all coming from the Fed, and they have no idea. But the biggest thing they said is, will the people accept what is offered? And Cliff High's data has three times the government comes to the people and three times we reject what they're saying so that's oh, where i think we're beautiful headed. well let me play this clip then because liz wants to destroy bitcoin and she's beholden to a central bank digital currency a federal reserve issued digital track and trace coin that will make us all live as serfs. so let's listen to the salem witch in her own words so in theory a digital currency issued and backed by a central bank could provide the advantages of cryptocurrency without those risks Okay, I'll pause it right there. Let's break this down as we go. So the witch is openly advocating for a Rothschild Rockefeller issue digital bank central currency, a central bank digital currency from Rothschild and House of Rockefeller. Does that sound like something you want, Bex? Because I ain't going to take it. Well, I've been saying for a long time, we already have that. We have electronic money. They can cut off anybody from the electronic money side whenever they want. So we already have it. Let's not you know overblow the CBDC. If they wanted to do a CBDC, we know what they want. They want to control people. They want to be able to track what they buy and shut them off at any time. You don't have to create a CBDC like that. Bitcoin's not like that. You can create something that is completely decentralized. Yes, it's used by the government, but it, there are all kinds of ways to make a cryptocurrency decentralized with limited, uh, uh, limited quantity that can be made, open source software, all the things that we love about Bitcoin could be done in the CBDC. The, of course, the government and the banks would never do that. They want to control you. So it's kind of like, okay, they already control us. I don't know if you've had a bank account shut down yet, Sean, but I have. If they want to shut you down, they'll, they'll shut you down in your bank account. And you'll walk in the next day. They'll say, hey, here's a check. Go away. And, and they probably won't even give you a check when, when this comes. So I'm not afraid of CBDC. I'm afraid of how it would be structured and would it really be different than what we got now? Let me just amend what you just said. In my view, I'm not afraid of a DC, a digital currency. I'm afraid of a central bank issued digital currency, which using the Chinese model will come attached with social credit scores. So if they don't like your speech, not only will they close down your bank account, they'll close down your digital bank account and your digital wallet and your ability to buy or sell. So that, and to, that ex- argue, to that extent, argue, it's kind of the mark of the beast. They can already do that, though. I mean, they can literally already do that. It would just be all encompassed in a CBDC. But that's why I'm saying we should reject it. We should not comply. So I hope Correct. Cliff High is right. They'll offer three times, and we'll say no thank you three times. Because we have to accept their offers for this kind of tyranny. 
And, and again, COP28, people like Al Gore and Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates are losing badly in the public arena of discourse because people are starting to recognize the open hypocrisy and frankly, pure evil coming from their mouths. These people are beholden to a spirit of evil, anti-human evil, which kind of brings us full circle because Elon is now on the record standing against these people saying, I'm pro-humanity. I'm going to stand with humanity. So come and get me if you want. And for that, he gets, you know, the respect of Alex Jones and Tate and everybody else on that call. There's there's a lot of states that have already uh, signed legislation to use gold and silver as money. Um, and a lot of a lot of senators are already speaking out about CBDC. Everybody knows the bad part of a CBDC. I don't think there's any way that they could push it forward anymore. Elizabeth Warren can say what she wants. But the people won't stand for it. And I, I, that's probably part of Cliff's data is they try it and people say, fuck no. I, I would do it with open source software, uh, immutable blockchain that you can't change, fixed number of coins, things like that, which makes you know cryptocurrency good as opposed to I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to throw a social score on this. I, I'm going to take full control of your life. When, I, when the old system dies and the banks go down, all it takes is one too big to fail bank to take all the rest of them down. Mm-hmm. We're going to change the way we look at what we allow our government to do. We are going to completely say, oh, my God, where, how, they got us in the spot. The people to blame will be the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, the Jamie Diamonds of the world, the government and the banks. 100%. They're the ones that are going to take the blame. So whatever we start after the system crashes and you lose all your money that's in the system, we are going to devise something that is completely opposite of what we had. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But at the same time, there are people within our government and within the Fed that have been planning for this for over 100 years. Mm. Case in point, David Ryder, the head of the U.S. Mint, right before Ventures Gibson, who's in there now. She doesn't want to make silver eagles. But David Ryder invented or worked at Honeywell. They invented a way to scan the front of a silver eagle for the crystalline structure because each coin is unique and you can put that unique identifier on a blockchain and voila, all of a sudden you have, you're using silver eagles held by the government, but you're using a blockchain based app to take little tiny slivers of your silver off for buying a cup of coffee. This actually happened. That's why they put the notch in the silver eagle to, to um, orientate the coin so that the reader can read it, read it the same way every time. These things are happening in the background. But they won't be told to the public until the collapse of the system, until they're needed. Hmm. Well, the other thing that we should uh, mention, too, and we'll get to this before the conversation ends, El Salvador. Some of what you're kind of describing is happening in other nation states. They're reinventing their monetary system. And in the case of El Salvador with Bukele, they've tied it to Bitcoin as legal tender. And people are moving there, including one of our friends. We'll talk about that. But uh, although she doesn't deserve the airtime, Let's just listen to this bankster sycophant for the other 44 seconds of her lies. And I just want people to recognize she claims to be representing the people. She claims to really care about the people. But the truth is, she cares only about the central bank and the banksters. The Federal Reserve, a trusted institution, could provide a digital version of cash to the public that is secure, stable, and accepted everywhere. So let me ask you, Professor Manantha, what role could a central bank digital currency play in reducing 
these kinds of risks to financial stability. All right. I'll pause it there because I'll bet you $10,000 that she sent the questions and proposed answers to this professor, just like she did to Gary Gensler. The woman is a snake, Bix, an absolute 100% viper creature. Okay. So I wanted to show this chart. And in another pyramid version of this chart, it actually shows the market caps. So I'm going to go off memory here, but silver is about a $1.47 trillion market cap. Bitcoin is around what? 800 that's, billion, that's 700 wrong. billion? That's wrong. Okay, well, we'll talk about it because they say gold is a $13 trillion market cap. The point I wanted to make is if you believe this to be true, gold, a $13 trillion market cap at $2,000 gold, you can do the math, but silver at a $1.47 trillion market cap in $23 silver. Okay, it doesn't add up, guys. According to this chart, we've got a nine to one silver to gold ratio, but that's not the way the price breaks down. The price breaks down like 80 to one. So what do you see? What's the problem here, Bix? I'm doing the math right now. Pretty much agreed that there's about 3 billion ounces of silver that could possibly come into the market at ETFs in the form of melted down jewelry, all that stuff. 3 billion ounces. Divide that by 23 bucks where the price of silver is times 23 equals. That's a $69 billion market. It's not one point. One point anything, not right. even close to a trillion. It's right, that's my point. This counts all the bullshit paper. But that's that's the problem. If, if they're trading bullshit paper at four hundred million ounces per day, that's right. Comics, and then about the same amount at the LBMA, and then you got the Shanghai Gold Exchange. That's where the fraud comes in. So the market cap of silver, extreme amount, <laughs> three billion ounces. No one can really get it. But you know, say the price goes to. $3,000 an ounce, everybody's going to be melting down their fillings and stuff. That's about 3 billion ounces that might come in. And that's only a $69 billion market cap. That is tiny, tiny compared to everything. The gold-silver ratio is just the most pathetic, sad joke you ever saw at, what, 88 to 1 right now. The, the actual gold-silver relationship is could be calculated by what they call the golden ratio. It's like 1.3 something to 1. And that, that has to do with the availability of silver, both in the ground and above ground. Every time you, you dig an ounce of gold out of the ground, it goes into somebody's vault. So the uh, amount of gold just keeps growing and growing. The amount of silver comes out of the ground. Over 80% of it, this year, over 100% of it is, is torn up into little pieces and used in industry. So you are having a disappearing silver total and an expanding gold total. That, that gold-silver ratio you know, 10, 15 to one that we knew before 1971. That was based on what above ground supplies they were. They're all gone now. 95% of all silver is gone and you can never get it back. Mm -hmm. Never get it back. Cause it's in little tiny pieces in a hundredth of an ounce in a cell phone at the bottom of some, you know, someone dropped their phone in the lake. There goes a hundredth of an ounce of silver. I mean, the, the reality of the silver story compared to any other asset class, cryptos included, Silver will kick ass on every single one of them if it was freely traded. Well, let me just follow up and say, you know, if you look at this graph, right, here's how insidious this is. You say, so silver is really about a $70 billion market cap. So this thing is inflated by a factor of what? 10 times 70 would be 700 billion. It's inflated by about 20 times because I want people to think about this. If you're watching CNBC, I don't know how many people do anymore, but if you're watching CNBC, how often do you hear these names? spoken about on CNBC, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon stock today, Google stock, 
How about Tesla? How about Alibaba? How about Bitcoin? And of course, gold, right? They're constantly talking about these things on CNBC, but they're never talking about silver and a $1.47 trillion market cap for silver. It's a joke. Any honest analyst, and I don't think there's many of them out there, could look at this graph like I am and, and just call BS. Gold is correct. I just ran the numbers for gold, and it's about 6 billion ounces of gold that have been mined. And it's about, it comes out to 12, uh, $12 billion, $12 trillion. Yeah, $12 trillion. So gold, that gold is correct. The only thing off is, is what they've been lying about every day for 170 years. It's silver. And that number of 70, 70 billion for silver is probably really high. You know, are you really going to melt your fill, fillings down? Probably not. So it's maybe more like 2 billion ounces of silver. But they, that's the key. The key, and, and I talked to all the guys who are making up the numbers, shall we say, for the Silver Institute, the key is to keep the public in the dark. Don't let them know the truth. Don't let them know that silver is more valuable than gold. Don't that let them know that Jamie Dimon uh, had, was rigging the silver market for eight years and everybody was screaming about it. But Gary Gensler, the head of the CFTC at the time, did nothing about it. Bart Chilton even said that they knew it and a decision was made, a political decision was made to not stop J.P. Morgan from rigging the silver market. This is a, a CFTC commissioner saying that in an interview after he left. Hmm. This is this is the number one biggest financial asset to invest in right now, by far, in the history of investing. I mean, I don't care if you got you know Apple computer on day one. This is bigger. This is 170 years of price suppression by the biggest suppressors in the world of the price of silver. It is trading at one half of its all-time high in 1980, where gold's trading at almost triple its all-time high from 1980. This is going to blow the, the roof off everything. And oh, by the way, they need three times as much silver next year for the solar panels and they don't have it. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. Silver should be talked about on a daily basis on CNBC as a huge trade, right? It should be going up in value. Based on that chart I just showed, it should be trading at about 225 bucks an ounce, if you're to believe that chart. Okay. I wanted to share this chart. You sent this to me last time, and I don't know if I showed it. I might have, but I just want to talk about it because I did have a question for you. If you look at the numbers, guys, in 2020, the Mint made 22 million silver eagles, and they lost $3.17 per ounce of silver minted. In 2021, they produced 34 million silver eagles and lost $3.23. Yeah, now, little, how, yeah go bit. ahead. Just explain this to us because I know they're mandated to produce as much as demand requires and they're not right. doing it. In fact, in right. 2022, they made half as many as they did in 2021, but somehow they flipped a profit on each ounce. So those aren't profits. Those, what this is, is a representative. It's representative of the hedges that they use. The U.S. Mint hedges their silver. I don't have necessarily have a problem with that. I don't know, you know, they don't want to gain or lose money based on the price of silver moving while it's going through the process of being made into silver eagles. Any mint does it, so they justify that. And I said, fine, that's fine. But the the what happened that was out of the ordinary, the way hedging works is you you buy silver, you'll put a short on it on the comics because you have the long in the physical silver and you have the short. So if the price goes up or down, they'll cancel each other out. That's how hedging works. And that's what every bullion dealer does if they have a big enough book. Every mint does. 
And that's fine. And that's the way it should work. And it should come out somewhere about even so that you don't lose money. What happened was in 2021, when the silver Wall Street vets silver squeeze was happening, the U.S. Mint didn't close out their hedges because that would have spiked the price even more than, you know, it would have gone over $30, which they couldn't have. So they had to soak up $111, $112 million in losses on their hedge book it, in a year that the price of silver went went down. So they should have made money on their hedges. Instead, they lost $112 million on their hedges. If you want to see fraud in the numbers, that's where your fraud is. The U.S. Mint did not close out their hedges like they were supposed to when the price of silver almost went over $30. Rustin Benham, the head of the CFTC, said – we had to tamp the market down. That's one of the tools they use to tamp the market down. The U.S. Mint Hedgebook. This is your own government betting against you and, and what you are going to invest in. Pure criminality. I've been screaming about it. Um, they didn't even want to make Silver Eagles when Ventress Gibson got into the Mint. She went to the head of Silver Eagles sales and said, we don't want to make Silver Eagles anymore. Don't sell anymore. And the head of sales said, what are you fucking talking about? Are you kidding me? And it ended up, they said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make a little bit, but we're not going to make anything that will get noticed. So they literally started doing 900,000 uh, coins per month, and they can do five, six million per month. And they are required by law to make them in quantities to meet demand. It was pure fraud. I was screaming about it. I did a whole bunch of videos this year. And then all of a sudden, they, the production kicked in, and they did half of what they could do. Mm. But it was going to be about a third of what they could do. So we have to stay on top of the mint. Complete market rigging, fraudulent crap going on with this administration. Ventress Gibson should be tried in front of the Congress. She's the current mint director. Not that she knew what she was doing. She's head of the mint, but she's never worked a, a day in her life in a mint, which is crazy to even think about. Um, but she is in charge of HR for all the deep staters. So you know, we'll see where this goes. Hmm. those losses are supposed to be like that because the, the price of silver went up. So the, the price of silver going up and the hedge loss, that's the way hedging works. That's a net zero or, or somewhere around there. And that's what is in the pink column there. Those should kind of zero out, but they're not exactly zeroing out. The reality is the only year that they really screwed up was that 2021. Like if the price of silver that they bought goes up $40 million and they hedged it, they would have a loss of $40 million on the hedge side. So that where it looks like losses, those are hedge losses. Those are supposed to happen if the price of silver goes up. And the opposite, if the price of silver goes down. They should make $20, 40000000 million if the price goes down because they lost $40 million on the price of the metal that they bought. Does that kind of make sense? It, 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 the gains and losses, Here's a, let me separate this because it's important. The U.S. Mint, by law, is not supposed to make any profit on the bullion program. It is supposed to sell all silver and gold eagles at cost. Now, that is not happening. They Every year, they are making money and a lot of money on their bullion program. Not their hedge book, mind you, but their bullion program. And I've been screaming about that as well because in the law, it says you must sell these to the authorized dealers at cost. And they're not. They're marking it up like 50 cents each for Silver Eagles beyond their cost. And they're $80 million profit, I think, last year off the Eagle program. And that is illegal 
<laughs> Why have laws if nobody's going to follow them? That's that's what I finally came to. If you're not going to follow the laws, U.S. Mint, you know, it's the most important. I think the most important division of the U.S. government is the U.S. Mint because they will be in charge. People will be looking to the mint for making the money of the United States of America when the banks crash. And this has just destroyed the reputation of the mint. Everybody sees it. Everybody who's been in, we had to pay what, $12, $15 over spot price to buy Eagles last year. That's insane. But it it, it is because it's not incompetence. It is complete fraud. And, and hiding the fact that silver is the most important asset on the planet. They are hiding the fact by not making silvers to meet silver eagles to meet demand. Mm. Well, I guess to round out the conversation, we'll just touch on El Salvador and President Bukele. Max Kaiser is down there with his wife, Stacy. They moved to uh, El Salvador. Some 10,000 Americans, I think, have expatriated out of this country and moved to El Salvador. And Max Kaiser was just recently on Alex Jones. Uh, we have a mutual friend who moved to El Salvador. Will- he, bought, he bought a house. Yeah, Will Lair, Perpetual Assets. I think it's a big story. What do you think? Tell us about it. It is a huge story for for our friends. Uh, Will's a great guy. We've both talked to him a lot. And uh, PerpetualAssets.com, him and his partner Gus are are moving to El Salvador. They're keeping their place, at least Will is, in in Texas. But he's like, hey, at some point, I'm just going to move everything down to El Salvador. They're going to run their business out of El Salvador because – the government is on the side of the people. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know much about El Salvador. He loves it. I don't know how they will do in as the stress of the banking system unfolds. Um, I don't know what kind of government. Nobody does. Nobody has been alive when a global unbacked fiat monetary system has collapsed. So nobody really knows what's going to go on. Um I am going to, you know, stay in the United States of America. As a matter of fact, I live in California, well beyond enemy lines, um, because I love my country and I even love my state. I hate my government. I, 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 I hate that most of my friends in California have been brainwashed, and it's it's really mean to do to them about what was going on with the Democrats the whole time and the, the vax and all that shit. I hate that they got brainwashed, but they're coming out of their stupor right now, so we'll see what happens. Well, you know, it's interesting. As we part ways, I would just note that uh, Stacy, Max's wife, says this guy, Bukele, is a philosopher king. And I don't know if you saw that piece. It was all over the Internet. He called his cabinet and all his highest level ministry officials to be present at this meeting where he read the riot act for about a half hour. Yeah, that was wonderful. And he said his legacy would be one of truth, honor and integrity for the people of El Salvador, because the money belongs to the people, not the politicians. And he warned each and every one of them that his attorney general was going to investigate them for corruption. And as long as they're not corrupt, they have nothing to worry about. And by the way, I'll scroll up. You see this video of all these men in prison, these MS-13 gang members. He rounded up all of the criminals in El Salvador and put them in. Look, I've got real problems with modern day prisons. Let me tell you, I think they're torture chambers. But these guys are murderers. These guys turned El Salvador into a hellhole and Bukele's turning the whole thing around. It really does give you hope for what we the people could do if we ever took our government back, Bix. I, I think we're going to see a lot of people in suits in the U.S. version of this and <laughs> suits and ties and and government officials. Um, we do need to do that. We need to round up the rest of the criminals. I, I don't know how many Trump and, and the Q group rounded up, but I think it's a, 
a substantial amount, but I, I do think that any crimes committed in the past need to be um, adjudicated. And you know, even if they helped out, we just need to know if, if you struck a deal, if the government struck a deal with someone to get more information, the, your country people need to know who, who was involved in the very beginning and what deal was struck. And did, would we have approved something like that? I don't know that any of us would approve anything when you stand back, but at the same time, they are working um, with whistleblowers to get these people um, in-house, shall we say, and out of the the destruction, the attempt to destroy our country. So I am a, a big fan of what Trump was doing. I think it's still going on in the background. Uh, and I do think we're going to know a lot more between now and the, the non-election we're going to have in November. Well, we'll keep you coming back on for more updates as we get closer. We uh, live in a crazy, crazy world, upside down world, to say the least. Road to Ruta. Let's call up the website for Bix. So we can show it to folks. I had my, my private road videos down because I put them on Rumble as well for a little bit. So it's a little scary to see your work disappear. I know you've seen it before. I should have started here. What is this? Total unrealized losses. $683.9 billion. That sounds like real money to me. <laughs> this is that's from the FDIC their their latest report. Yeah, that's that's what caused Silicon Valley Bank collapse and now it's worse. So, I'm expecting another collapse probably around the same time frame January, February. This is the FDIC that released this in their quarterly report. This is what's currently on the books of the banks. 683 billion in uh unrealized losses. The same problem with Silicon Valley Bank. And I mean, it, it's not the highest. It was higher back uh, a little over a year ago, but the next, the next uh, reporting cycle is in three months. So February, March, it'll be for the end of the year, and yeah, it's going to be over a trillion dollars in unrealized losses. It's a, it's a big problem, especially since the banks are not properly uh, fractionally reserved anymore. None of the banks are at ten to one anymore. They're all at like fifty to one because of the derivative games they play so yeah it, the stress in the banking system is absolutely real they had a couple months off of the pressure as you can see and then all of a sudden bang you know they're back in in deep shit right now what a ponzi scheme what a total epic absolute unbelievable ponzi scheme and meanwhile elizabeth warren says yeah just trust us you know we have your best interests at heart a central see, bank right digital currency it'll be awesome yeah. See, right below that is uh, my three-part discussion with the head of Silver Eagle Sales at the U.S. Mint. I highly suggest everybody listen to those uh, conversations. And uh, he, he basically admits there are five areas where they are breaking the law. So check that out. He's a good guy, too. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I'll try to remember to leave this linked below, roadtoruta.com. Our guest has been Bix Weir. Bix, thank you. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you, Sean. Take care. And uh, guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'll remind you every single day for free. Check us out for free at The Antidote to Corporate Propaganda. That's sgtreport.com. May God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. And it's called uh, Leave the World Behind with Julia Roberts and everything else. And yeah, Obama helped write the script. And of course, that whole thing has to do with uh, the end of the world or whatever, with or at least the end of America with a cyber attack. And then this morning we had Fox News reporting on a Washington Post article that uh, alleges that China 
is uh, China's cyber army is invading critical U.S. services. That's WAPO. Is it a is it just coincidence that DISA announces this electromagnetic technology on Friday and by Monday they're the mainstream media is publishing articles. Hey, China's cyber army, they're they're attacking our infrastructure. 